listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. We're going to do a concise program, but we're going to hit the target of the program. And that comes from the uh, Greek word metanoia. So when you shoot <clears throat> an arrow or a dart or whatever, and you, and you hit that very center ring uh, of a target, the bullseye, uh, <clears throat> when you hit the very central target, then that's success. And in many branches of the military, uh, they consider anything besides hitting the very center of the target. Uh, they borrow the, the Christian term metanoia, which is Greek for missing the mark. So as a soldier, a peaceful law-abiding soldier in Christ, when you miss the mark, <clears throat> even by a little bit, that is classified as metanoia. And that uh, uh, alone is enough to keep you out of heaven. Now, I didn't bring it up to, to frighten people or to, to depress them on Thanksgiving Day. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to simply say that God is our judge. He is the creator. <clears throat> God, in order to get into heaven, uh, you would have to keep all of God's commandments 100% perfectly. And any deviation that you may have where you miss the mark, even a microscopic amount, only once for a nanosecond, that transgression or sin alone would be enough, according to the law of God, to lock you out of eternity and heaven for all time. Now, that should be very sobering to you. What is the purpose of God communicating that? The purpose is not to depress you and pound you into oblivion. The purpose is that God's trying to get your attention. God is holy and righteous, and God is the supreme judge of the universe, and he, he judges the universe and the people in it by, by the commandments or the laws that he's put out there. So in God's kingdom, and God's government, and God's laws, <clears throat> when you miss the mark, metanoia, even microscopically, okay, any deviation whatsoever, according to the biblical standard, which is 100% perfection, that you have committed a sin, you have committed transgression. And according to the law of God, because the law of God requires 100% perfection in order to get into heaven based on your track record of good works or your good performance. People everywhere, all the time, I meet them, you meet them. And the, the narrative in their life is that they're trying to keep a uh, kind of a well, yellow legal pad divided in half with the plus columns and the negative columns, and you think that by, when you reach the end of your life, you think God's going to be merciful to you and open the doors for you to come into heaven if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. Now, that, what I just said right there, is probably overwhelmingly the largest uh, spiritual error, spiritual misunderstanding that people in the world have and that Americans have. 
and I just want to repeat it, there is no way, shape, or form that your performance in any way, shape, or form uh, can make you holy enough or pure enough that God would allow you entrance into heaven based on your good works, your good deeds, and your track record. And you really have to know that. Because I, I, I tell you, every, every week I meet somebody or hear from somebody or whatever, and they're always saying the same thing. Secretly, they don't always consciously admit it, but secretly they're trying to, to, to place their bets. So they figure, well, you know, they've committed sins over here in column A, and they'll, they'll erase the sins in column A by doing all these good things or donating big amounts of money or whatever. It's not that those things aren't good. They are good. But the basis for entrance into heaven is you have to be 100% righteous, 100%, no deviation whatsoever. And then, if you're, if you're 100% righteous, which, by the way, nobody is, with the exception of Jesus Christ, nobody, no man in the history of mankind, no woman in the history of mankind, uh, has lived a life in thought, word, or deed that was 100% righteous. So what is God trying to do? Mess with your mind? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what God's trying to do. God is trying to mess with your mind. You say, that doesn't sound very, like a very loving God. And that perplexes people if you say, God is trying to uh, mess with your mind. Why does it perplex them? Because that statement is deliberately being said to them to shake up their world, to loosen their world up. Because most people, as the years go by, have settled into a kind of theological and mental mediocrity where they, they just become like cement that is hard between the ears. And, and they can't cognitively think they have no neuroplasticity or flexibility inside the brain that enhances brain power. They're all messed up. And the primary reason for them being messed up is they're stuck in a frame of reference. They're stuck in a modality of perception that causes them to have a faulty perception and a faulty understanding of this world. And what does that mean? regarding the most important issue, the most important thing. I don't care what anybody says to you. The most important thing, the only thing that matters at the end, is did Jesus Christ forgive you of your sins by the blood of Jesus, by your faith? Did you invite Christ into your life and ask him to make you born again, cleanse you of your sins? and make you born again in Jesus Christ. And if you have done those things, if you've put your faith in Christ and asked God for forgiveness of your sins, then you fulfill the promises of God that, that come into a person's life based on their faith. Not their self-righteousness, but based on their faith. So the point is... Uh, your righteousness or performance or good works or, or legal works cannot get you into heaven. The only thing that gets you through the door into heaven is by having faith, having belief, 
that God can make you holy enough, righteousness enough, pure enough through the blood of Jesus, which you appropriate by faith. And when you do that, you're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You are made born again. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, just a little itsy-bitsy mustard seed of faith in Jesus Christ, you know what that does? That guarantees you, guarantees you entrance into heaven. It guarantees you that you will spend all of eternity with Jesus and everybody else who's born again in the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. And you'll be at a perfect age, a perfect height, no disease. You'll live in paradise, real paradise, not like fake paradise, forever and ever and ever. And that's awesome, and it's tremendous, and it should be should be celebrated. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Uh, I want to get into Thanksgiving, but not from a from a you know weird legalistic, excessively mandatory, guilt-ridden Thanksgiving and Christmas. Did you did you ever notice that on television around this time of year? regarding Thanksgiving and regarding Christmas, that the big retailers, the globalist uh, corporations, the media, etc., etc., they all get together and they, they use every strategy that they can to target the average person with agonizing guilt regarding his or her relationship to their kids, their family, their wife, their husband, their friends, or whatever. The name of the game this time of year is to use uh, psychological warfare, because that's what advertising is. The name of the game this time of year is to use psychological warfare to get under the skin of the average American and release condemnation, guilt, unworthiness, uh, uh, you know, every negative uh, emotion you could think of, every upside-down emotion you could think of starts to, to swim to the surface in the, from the subconscious to the consciousness in your mind. Uh, and what's doing it is you are being assaulted, you are being pummeled, with like these invisible fists that that actually come from a demon. And these demonic powers are using a false sense of guilt regarding Christmas and Thanksgiving. They're using this false sense of guilt to attack you, to condemn you, uh, which is uh, Satan's favorite strategy against people that are born again. In terms of spiritual warfare, what I'm going to say to you right now is one of the most powerful and liberating truths I've ever learned. And I teach it everywhere I go, and, and you've heard me to teach it, and if you haven't, you're going to hear it. Because I want to, with everything in me, set you free with the truth of the knowledge of God's Word. Okay, so this is how it works. In Re- this, I, I am simplifying for you what most people don't get in a seminary, a Christian college, years of studying the Bible. I am giving you a, a micro-enhanced 
Bible study of one of the most important themes of the Bible. But the most important thing that I'm going to share with you is how simple it is to understand it. And when you understand it, and it's really, really easy to understand it, when you understand it, the the chains will be broken and you will be set free by the power of the truth. That's awesome. Okay, so this is how it goes. Revelation 12, we read the account of uh, Satan or the Antichrist. We read the account of him, and he's standing in heaven, uh, kind of like a prosecuting attorney. So Lucifer or Satan and the fallen angels and, and whoever has been chosen, they go into the throne room of God, they stand before Jesus, and they make accusations, and they pronounce guilt or pronounce uh, against people uh, a status of being guilty and unworthy to receive God's blessings. In other words, the very thing we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, uh, all this unfinished business, all this metanoia, missing the perfect target mark, um, uh, weaponizing uh, certain Bible verses taken out of context. And the devil knows who you are. He knows your electromagnetic frequency, the specific numerical number. And so does the NSA and the CIA and SpaceX satellites and everybody else. <laughs> they all know. They all know, even if you don't know, they know your specific EMF electromagnetic frequency, and they can track it from satellites, SpaceX satellites uh, orbiting the Earth. Okay, so this is the thing. It tells us in Revelation 12 from a spiritual, military, strategic, spiritual warfare perspective, it tells us this. It tells us that uh, Satan is the adversary of the brethren and the sisters. So Satan is the enemy, the sworn spiritual enemy of God's children, both male and female. Now we got it, we got to own that, we got to lock into that, and we got to save it and store it in our infinite God-created computer brain. Okay? Uh, not psycho-cybernetics, because that implies it's your human psychology that's making you great. We'll call this, uh, uh, we're not going to call it psycho-cybernetics. Let's call it theo-cybernetics, or rightly dividing the Word of God, or, or interpreting the Bible theologically as in theo, you learn the truth. Okay, so what Satan does, he goes into the throne room of God, and he is going, his favorite strategy against believers always throughout all time, beginning with Adam and Eve, is to heap false accusations, unending false accusations on God's people, so that they believe a lie, that they're guilty, and that they're unworthy, and God wants nothing to do with them. See, Satan's number one strategy because he's, he's a, he thinks like a general. Many of God's people don't think like a spiritual military general, even though God gave them the capacity to operate on that level. 
they operate on the level, and I'm not putting down any man or woman's class of work, and there's no insinuation on my part that I or you are, are any better than somebody with a more uh, uh, basic employment, okay? The Lord showed me that as a young boy. He said, Paul, don't ever, this is before I became a Christian, he said, don't ever judge a man or a woman or a boy and a girl. Don't look at them. Don't judge them in your heart. And never make a, a, a false decision that you're somehow superior or a better performer than they are. It's just pride. And, and, the, and, and, and then what the Lord did to, ha- to hammer this truth into my personality, he would keep having me meet, get to know uh, best-selling authors, uh, extremely wealthy, powerful people. The Lord would, would continually have me meet, get to know, develop a relationship with really heavy hitters in our society. But when I met them, uh, they gave no indications by their dress, their behavior, their their words, their the car they drive, they gave me no clue that they were very powerful, super rich uh, people. They gave me no clue whatsoever. And this is this is where God's testing us, and He was testing me, and He, he did it a bunch of times. And I always have to be on alert. So the Lord was testing me to see if I was going to make a judgment of somebody's value or worth based on their physical appearance, based on what they're saying, uh, based on you know what how expensive their clothing, their watch, their cars are. Just that's how the word world evaluates people. I learned many, many years ago when I was, you know, my, my parents stopped giving me an allowance when I was like minuscule. My allowance, according to my mother, was if you want money to do stuff, Paul, she said, then uh, get a part-time job, earn the money, and buy it. That's your allowance. So I was told numerous times by my father and mother that if I wanted extra money, that I would not be just getting extra money. I would be getting extra money only and only if I worked for it and earned it and and earned it through my hard work myself. And that's probably the best thing that can ever happen to a man or a boy or a girl uh, in, in the course of their life. If you deprive any child or any young adult, if you deprive them of the opportunity of learning how to be accountable, if you deprive them of the opportunity of learning how to make their own money instead of just plopping down an allowance on them, if you insulate them and cushion them so much that you deprive them of the opportunity to be buffeted and be forced to deal with adversarial forces, then I hate to tell you, you are setting yourself up for one nightmare experience as a parent. I cannot tell you the, the sheer number of people I've met who, who thought they were doing the, everything they possibly could for their children 
and their children still, I mean, I'm, you know, these are Christian parents. They do everything they could to develop their child biblically. But it, when the day was done, their child matured and it became very self-centered, very selfish, very greedy. It's all about me, a sense of entitlement, blah, 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 blah. So anybody who's a father or mother and wants to be a good one, they, they know how delicate a matter this is. Okay, so you don't want to deprive your child, male or female, of adversity or adverse learning experiences, because it's those negative things that you're forced to go to that, that bring you into life's deep learning processes, where the, the Lord can get down into your soul and really transmit in you character, uh, real knowledge, real intellect, and stuff like that. It's so vitally important. Today, all races and all ethnic groups across, you know, kids in America, there's this, and it's produced by the media and the educational system, there's this overwhelming sense of entitlement among young people where they truly believe the world owes them a living and that, you know, they should never have to suffer or be without and and the government should take care of their other every need. And because they have a distorted and warped perception of reality, it's that warped perception of reality is going to impact every area of their life. And it's going to be painful and difficult because until they learn that the world doesn't owe them a living, that they're not entitled and they should be thankful for what God has done in their lives, they will never prosper. And many, most of you probably know that, but, but some of you don't, and you need to think about it. It's probably one of the most important lessons you can learn in life. Okay, Satan goes into the throne room of God, makes accusation against us as Christians, our children, or whatever, okay? And uh, Jesus, in the throne room of God, functions as not only our Lord, but our attorney. He knows all about us, Jesus. He knows what we've done wrong, if we've been guilty, if we haven't been guilty. Jesus is our lawyer in some respects, our advocate before the judge, which is God the Father. And we're being judged based on the law, which is the Word of God. So, uh, as the devil is accusing us and demanding that God give us a sentence, in other words, the devil is demanding that, that the, the devil is demanding that God punishes us makes us pay for stuff, makes us do the time for our crime, or however you want to you, you phrase it, all right? Now, there's no way out of that. If you're guilty, you're guilty in God's kingdom. But in God's kingdom, he sent Jesus to die for your sins. So even though you may be in a temporary holding cell, you're not going to be there permanently because your attorney, Jesus Christ, has already 
come up with the money to pay your bail and to pay off any fines you may owe. And your crimes have been paid for. There's been restitution that the person you stole from uh, has been given uh, equal or like value merchandise to, to replace it. So everything's fine because God paid the penalty. You weren't entitled to it, but God did it out of grace. Grace triumphs over God's law, and grace triumphs over God's legal punishments coming from the law. How does that happen? Um, God is righteous, holy, forgiving, but if you break the law because God is holy and righteous, somebody has to pay for whatever law you broke. So the way God runs his worlds is that he demands that his children uh, become accountable for, for where they've sinned and failed and make restitution. And, and that keeps the whole system running properly. So in the critical time that we are in, one of the major reasons we are seeing a spiritual, moral freefall all around us is because militant atheists, radical secular humanists, etc., have waged spiritual war against Christians by ripping the Ten Commandments, which is the law of God, out of the schools and the classrooms. Get rid of any exposure by the eyes of the students as to what the law of God is, as to what right is, as to what wrong is. And just you scour the school, you scour the textbooks, you, you examine every book, the entire educational system, and then because you're being financed by radical billionaires trying to bring about a global reset, you uh, step out of the way and you allow them, because they're going to do it anyway by brute force, you allow these dictators to uh, attempt to prove, and, and they are quite capable of lying about you, okay? Their, their slogan is, by any means necessary. So lying from them is par and part of the course. So Satan or Lucifer and the fallen angels will concoct a whole series of accusations that may be true or untrue to varying degrees. It is possible you may have done some of the sins Satan is accusing you of. That's a possibility. It's another possibility that you didn't do any of the sins that Satan is accusing you of. So, so what do you do in that dilemma? Well, you come before your attorney, Jesus Christ, and you tell Jesus Christ the truth. You, you repent of your sins, and you ask to be, to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus pays for your sins, and you can appropriate that. You can gain access to that simply by putting your faith 
by putting your faith in the supernatural power of God, you will be cleansed of your sins and you will be made supernaturally righteous in Christ Jesus. And that's powerful, very powerful. Now, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says he accuses the brethren, the brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, he accuses the brethren day and night regarding about their alleged sins and and real sins. And often it's a combination of the two. But Jesus is going to argue before the Father, and he's not going to back off the law of God, but as your eternity, who literally paid the penalty for your sins and died upon a cross to pay the penalty of your sins, as your attorney, he personally, he personally, Jesus Christ, as your attorney and your God and your Messiah, he personally died and personally paid the price for all of your sins by dying an agonizing death on the cross that paid for all of your sins, past, present, and future. So past, present, and future Jesus died an agonizing death on the cross to pay the penalty for all your sins, which the penalty was priceless. It, Jesus shed his blood. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us of all sin. We put our faith in it. Now, so, so Jesus goes to God the Father and, and presents this position. Satan comes back and tries to accuse or falsely accuse. And when the day is done, the judge, you know, puts down the hammer and in front of Satan, the principalities and powers and different people and angels, etc. The judge, who's God the Father, proclaims that you are not guilty of any of the sins that you've been accused of. Because Jesus Christ has paid for personally the penalty of all your sins, past, present, and future. So you're totally not guilty. Your your slate is totally clean. You have a totally clean record. And you can claim that for free by your faith in Jesus Christ. That's what being saved means. There are going to be billions of people who pay a bitter, bitter penalty for their sins that they committed while they were here on earth. And that's going to cause them to spend all eternity in the lake of fire and a place called hell. And they will be forever separated from, uh, they will be forever separated from the penalties. of hell and the joys of heaven. They can never get near heaven. Not even close to it. Okay, so, in this throne room, which also functions as the supreme throne room of God, where he judges everything, um, all of us, God already knows the answer, but a determination is made regarding all of us about whether or not we're going to enter into heaven, about whether or not we have the free gift of eternal life, about whether or not our sins have actually been paid for, 
And anyone listening to me talk now, Paul McGuire, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report, anyone hearing me talk right now, if you've committed any sin, past, present, and future, and you've asked God to forgive you of your sins, you're cleansed of all sin by the blood of Jesus. And you're totally innocent and totally righteous. And so Satan can't demand that you pay a penalty when Jesus Christ paid that penalty from you. So Satan is the accuser of the brethren. But the accusations are based on lies and based on falsehoods. Because either, number one, you did carry out the sins that Satan is accusing you of, but you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ of those sins, so you're you're innocent. Jesus paid the price for you. Or secondly, um, you didn't commit those sins, and Jesus Christ still paid the penalty for all of your sins. But in, in this particular arena, uh, Satan is quite capable, because Satan is a liar, the father of lies. Satan is quite capable of simply lying about your, whether you sinned or not, and false condem- condemnation, because Satan will use lies and falsehoods in an attempt to separate you from God for all eternity. Okay, so these are, so these are the basics. So, so in that courtroom, the way you and I can walk in spiritual victory, the way you and I can be <clears throat> always cleansed of all of our sins, is to exercise our faith, put our faith in the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins, put our faith in the fact that Jesus Christ uh, paid the penalty for our sins on the cross, and we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus which is a powerful, powerful thing. Now, all the other people who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have never really gotten right with God, who've tried to cover up their sins, God sees it all. I mean, so they get away with it, you know, for 40, 50 years here on planet Earth. But if they refused to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, if they refuse to become born again, if they refuse to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus, then they're still in a fallen state of sin, and that penalty still has to be paid. And so, um, if they will not receive what God has done for them in Jesus Christ by dying for their sins, then the fact that God did pay the penalty for their sins doesn't really mean much if they don't access it. And the way you access the forgiveness of God is very simple. You believe God by faith. You believe by faith that Jesus has cleansed you of your sins, past, present, and future. And as such, you don't have to pay the penalty of those sins. You're set free for all eternity. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. We are in the greatest spiritual war in the history of mankind. No question about it. The the end game is, I talk about uh, what the end game is going to look like 
based on current trends in my book, Power from on High. It's not a joke what the end game is. It's not frivolous what the end game is. The end game, and I'm not saying this for the purpose of psychological manipulation, but the end game should cause you to be filled with sobriety, horror, and a hyper-alertness as to the great possible danger that you're in. You see, one of the problems with sinning all the time, it dulls your spiritual sensitivities. It's like the frog boiling in in a pan of water. You know, if you throw a frog into a pan of like six inches high of water, it would take a while for the, the heat of the water to get hot enough that would force the, the frog to jump out of the semi-boiling water. But at a certain point, the water gets so hot that the frog just like catapults himself or herself out of the water. And the analogy is, is that Christians are often acting like the frog who's being boiled to death in the water. And the frog and Christians don't notice, they're not aware of the fact that they are perishing slowly, that their bodies are are being boiled to to death slowly in the water. They're not aware of all that because they're preoccupied. So while they're daydreaming, their worst nightmare is happening. They are slowly, but they're not aware of it, dying like frogs who, who the water is getting hotter and hotter, but it's such slow incremental changes. They're not aware of the fact that they are like the proverbial frog boiling to death in the water. And that's what has happened to American Christians and Christians all around the world and secular people all around the world. There's this all-prevailing hardness of heart that has come from repeated exposure and activities involving sin and mocking the Word of God, etc., etc., and, and this hardness of heart, and that's what the Bible calls it, this hardness of heart has created millions and millions of people whose spiritual condition is very dangerous, because if they were to die today, they would go uh, into hell. But they have hardened their heart against God. They no longer hear God's warnings or admonishments. And they're no longer sensitive when God says, you know, stuff like, hey, stop it, don't do that, that's wrong. They've hardened their hearts. And when you harden your heart, that's a very dangerous place spiritually, because you're unaware of the fact that that God could take his hand of protection off your life, and you could be wiped out in a moment. So. You want to continually go before the throne room of God through the blood of Jesus. Never take for granted your blessings, your protection, your provision, your healing, the angelic armies protecting you. Never take any of that for granted. Always pray in the throne room of God and always ask God to supernaturally protect you and call out to him and be specific and name the things that you want God to do, and God will do that. And in Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church, 
We know that that's a simple truth, but we've moved into an arena and a time zone where most people don't have any relationship with God whatsoever and are really incapable of understanding, not because they're stupid, but they're incapable of understanding why God is willing to forgive them, etc., simply because it's never been taught to them, it's never been modeled in their lives, or it was never modeled before them by their parents. So, one of the imperative mission statements of Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church is to reach the people intentionally who have the hardest hearts towards Jesus Christ, to reach the people who hate Christianity, who have no interest in Christianity, and teach the hardest people, teach the most resistant people there are, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, how God's both holy, righteous, but how God is uh, extends his grace to us if we believe him for it. Grace, of course, means unmerited or unearned uh, favor. So I need you to help me spread this message far and wide. I am preparing now. Every day I'm reading stories in nations around the world, like Australia, where, where people in podcasting, radio, TV, video, social media, internet, every form of alternative media is under attack, and they're systematically taking down hosts, programs, anybody who speaks the truth is under the threat of being taken down. And this is not like a, a paranoid reaction. This is what is happening, because there are large numbers of people that billionaires have invested hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in the activism of these people who hate God, hate Christianity, hate America, etc., etc. Super billionaires are financing these people as these people attack and lie about um, any spokesman with a sympathy towards Christianity, biblical values, uh, and things of that nature. And so this attack against traditional America, this attack against the church and Christians, this promotion of immorality, etc., etc., this isn't coming out of nowhere. This is coming out of the, the bank accounts of some of the wealthiest trillionaires and billionaires on planet Earth. The men who secretly finance all these radical uh, agendas, and you need not, most of you understand this, but people you talk to don't understand this. You need to understand that the warfare that is designed to destroy Christianity, and by the way, Christianity is number one on their destruction list. That should be bone chillingly sober. And we need to be strategic, but we also need people who are obedient to God, men and women who, who after you hear me uh, make my appeal to you, you ask God, God, what can I do? 
how can I help Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church? And then whatever God puts on your heart to do, simply obey him. And that's what God expects for every one of us. And every, if every one of us would do that, we could turn the tide of this spiritual battle. Because their intention, and I can prove their intention because I have the documentation, the quotes, the book quotes, the speech quotes that these people have regularly made. They have already told the world in their books, in their media, over and over again, very precisely, very specifically, what their long-term endgame is, their long-term battle plans, and precisely with documentation and, and firsthand uh, accounts, you can read word for word from these globalist and Luciferian big shots exactly, exactly what they plan to do. And what they're planning to do, and by the way, what they are doing is they are taking over planet Earth primarily through genetics, DNA, uh, uh, electromagnetic frequency, self-assembling nanochips, the hive mind, the world brain, the cloud, the chip, uh, the global reset, uh, manufactured economic crisis, and on and on. They are using all that, including some of them are weaponizing uh, things that have to do with the pandemic. And their purpose is to bring every Western nation down, but they have a demonic, satanic hatred towards America, and they want to destroy America more than any other nation on Earth because America is, is a memory that they're trying to blot out. America is the, the living memory of a Christian nation that God prospered. America was prospered financially because it obeyed God. Uh, America was blessed and raised up above all the nations of the earth because of God. And on and on and on and on and on. Nowhere are we saying that America was perfect. It was not. But America attempted to do the right thing and the biblical thing. And God has honored that. He's honored our repentance and our prayers. And if we will cry out to God with an intensity, not, not playing church, that's, that's an abomination to God. If we would cry out to God, God will supernaturally intervene in this spiritual battle. We don't have to perish. Go ahead, find somebody who has not studied their Bible and come up with the wrong conclusion and and walk around in a state of consciousness where you're convinced that you know your life is going to perish, America is going to perish, everything's going to perish. And then you tell me how fruitful your your you you will be in your ministry and how many souls you'll reach for Jesus Christ. I don't think it would win very many souls. Okay, this is the Paul McGuire Report. I need your help. We under all attack, all out attack because we are advancing. The more they turn up the heat, the more we're advancing the proclamation intelligently and strategically of truth, biblical truth, historical truth, economic truth. We're seeing the minds of millions of people, and we have to expand our outreach. 
a thousand percent and faster and faster and faster to keep up because they have very deep pockets, my friend. They have very deep pockets. So don't think your gift doesn't matter. If everybody would give something, and the Lord speaks to people, I know, because he speaks to me. Simply do what God tells you to do. And then join our e-blast list, join our Facebook, join our Google. You've got to do that because they're rigging the numbers. Asking you to join is not rigging. It's, it's, it's asking for partnership. We've got to reclaim America. There's an all-out mind control war, a propaganda war, a social engineering war. And there are very few voices that are telling you where it's all going. And that means they don't really love you, because where it's all going, potentially, if we continue to do nothing, could be very, very, very bad like Nazi Germany time, like concentration camp time, like your worst nightmare time. And don't don't even think that I'm manipulating you. I'm not manipulating you. I don't tell you every day half the stuff that I know because you couldn't take it, but most people can't take it. They they they'll melt. But we don't we don't we we have, no. I want to say this. 3 years ago I had finished the original book, Power from on High. Problem was, it was something, it was over 4,000 pages because I tried to tell too much. And then the whole world went into a radical transformation with the global reset, the pandemic, the crises, the election, you know, it just the world went crazy and berserk. And I realized that my book was way too long, and the whole world had changed in three years, and I couldn't, in good conscience, uh, offer that book because I I would have felt like I was cheating you, that I wasn't giving you up-to-date information. So, I thank you for your patience. I rewrote the entire book. I moved it, I cut it down from, what did I say, something like 4,000 pages, and I cut it down to like 341 pages. It's a lot better book now. It's fast-moving, it grabs your interest, and it it, it makes topics exciting and dynamic, and it gives you hope. And it tells you the truth in ways that most people are afraid of telling you the truth. Namely, one of the most important truths that Christians have to understand, which is that this planet currently is being ruled by a hierarchy of fallen angels, principalities and powers, the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places, that Lucifer, the temporary god of this world, is ruling through his fallen angels and the rankings of his fallen angels, and through unsaved men and women who are part of the globalist elite and the Luciferian elite. They are attempting to steal planet Earth from God's people and Almighty God. And this is what they're trying to do. Wake up. It's in my book. I explain it. I document it. But you need to know, and, and you can't go to sleep on this because it's so critical. 
Their end game is to destroy the human race as we know it. And the way they do that is they they have an intentionality with technology, biotechnology, genetics, DNA modification, and electromagnetic frequencies. Their intention is to radically transform the genetic code and the DNA of so-called men and women so that they are no longer technically, they are no longer legally, they are no longer um, uh, scientifically, according to their DNA and according to their genetics, they, they no longer can be classified from a legal status as being 100% genetically uh, genetic human beings and 100% DNA human beings. Do you understand what that means? This is the, the, the greatest crossover, the greatest paradigm shift, the greatest human extinction level event, which I talk about in detail. I break it all this stuff down for you in my book, Power From On High. You've got to get it at paulmcguire.us at a discount, along with some of the other books. Because you got to get up to speed. Okay, so their game plan is to take over planet Earth. They are the 1%, but they own 99% of all the wealth and 99% of all the power and resources. But they only represent 1% of the population. They don't give a hoot about social justice. Lying is their. You know, by any means necessary, they lie habitually because Satan is the father of lies. And then there are, the, let me just throw you some bullet points out. And I document what I'm bullet pointing to you now. I document in my book, Power from One High. So, so you can get the, the whole story in Power from One High, but let me at least give you some bullet points. I have seen, maybe some of you have too, under a, 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 a super microscope, I have seen scientists, genetic scientists, literally take out the, the specific genetic code linking the creation of a human being to God, and the, a geneticist or, or DNA scientist puts in the name of his own copyright or uh, patented uh, uh, DNA, like Lucerface, because it's based on a material found in certain species of fish way, way deep, deep, deep down below the ocean, and it kind of glows in the dark. So uh, Lucerface was was either a spinoff, of you know, there, there's certain insects that glow in the dark, certain fish that glow in the dark. But Lucerface is when they have remodeled your DNA code, and if you examined it, it would glow. Okay, it would glow, and they call it Lucerface. Why? Bill Gates did in tribute to Lucifer. It's a way of bowing to Lucifer. And I talk about this in my book, Power from One Eye. You've got to get it. 
you know, people are asleep. They don't realize what's happening. These people are openly, and they, they admit that they're Luciferians, and they're um, carrying out the Luciferian agenda. That's why they want to wipe out the population of planet Earth by 7 billion people in the next couple of years. They want to wipe out 7 billion people in the next couple of years because of their faulty ideas regarding euthanasia and their faulty science on climate change and their faulty science on uh, genetics and, and other things. You know, this whole thing sounds like some crazy science fiction movie that's gone off to the rails of some rocket that's traveling through outer space. And should it surprise us, the people, the actual men, the evil geniuses that devised all this, were all the big science fiction writers, and they were all the big scientists, like Aldous Huxley and Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison, and on and on and on. And so they created a future world designed to be made in man's image and not God's image. And the transhumanist revolution, this is coming about from the friendships and the tight relationships and the family connections of, let's say, Julian Huxley, the, the first transhumanist, and Aldous Huxley, the author of Brave New World, and H.G. Wells, the great science fiction writer, and H.G. Wells also the head of British intelligence, especially the propaganda division, uh, during World War uh, One, The common thread of all these geniuses and scientists, mad scientists, Dr. Frankenstein and stuff, the common thread is that they were all militant humanists and militant atheists. And so Julian Huxley uh, uh, signed and was the, the leader behind the first humanist manifesto. And because he was a leader in the transhumanist uh, movement. And then they had the second humanist manifesto and the third humanist manifesto. And basically, these humanist manifestos were transhumanist manifestos with an end game of creating a new planet Earth ruled by the scientists and, and technology people and to create a global reset which is really a global dictatorship with, with technology and science. That's their real game. And, and they, they reveal that in the science fiction novels they write that are supposed to be just science fiction. But they're not. It's what they really, really plan to do. And so they, they planned 100 years ago to use certain things for biological warfare, chemical warfare, nuclear warfare. Why? Because they planned over 100 years ago, in 1919, 1917, by the way, the same year as the Communist Revolution in Russia, the Rockefeller Brothers Fund and Rockefeller Laboratories in Manhattan, I mean, off the uh, Hudson River, I believe, in New York, uh, they they were light years ahead of other scientists in their 
uh, research of genetic engineering, euthanasia, breeding a master race of human beings by tinkering with the DNA and only allow the fittest to survive, the stronger and more robust and intelligent DNA people. They're allowed to procreate. The, the people they consider to be part of an inferior race are have to have forced abortions, etc. Now, the, the Nazis picked up this game plan, and we smuggled in over 15,000 Nazi rocket scientists in a top-secret operation called Operation Paperclip during uh, World War II. And during Operation Paperclip, the the U.S. military-industrial complex smuggled in over 15,000 Nazi mind control scientists, Nazi rocket scientists, and Nazi biological uh, warfare scientists and Nazi, you know, MK Ultra mind programming, brainwashing scientists, and so they came in. They were smuggled into the U.S. and then they were given the top positions at the leading universities, colleges, and the leading think tanks like Stanford Research Institute, MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And these guys, like in Stanley Kubrick's movie, Dr. Strangelove, they, they led the way for American scientists and for what is now called the military-industrial complex. And they are launching what Aldous Huxley called the ultimate revolution, the ultimate revolution which I explain in detail in my books, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1, and A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2. The ultimate revolution, where you use genetics, scientific mind control, uh, psychedelic drugs, the basic formula uh, for uh, scientific mind control, which is pain, drugs, and hypnosis. And they use this as weaponry Especially, they're drooling with delight over the coming nanochip implant, which will allow them to read people's minds. Because when you take certain injections, you're you're getting uh, uh, chemicals that have certain metals in them that turn you into a human broadcaster and into a human receiver. And in the process, they can read your mind take your memories, erase your memories, give you new artificial memories. This is very, very, you know, stuff from, you know, a blockbuster Philip K. Dick science fiction novel and screenplay. This is like mind-blowing stuff. So this transhumanist revolution where all these mad scientists, they're getting together. They, they, they're soulless, like the Nazi scientists and the Nazi doctors. They're soulless. So they're getting together, and they're using genetics, DNA, artificial DNA, synthetic DNA, synthetic gene- genetics, to create synths, which are synthetic human beings, artificial human beings, human beings that use technology and are human-looking, 
but they're androids or cyborgs or robots. And in this future world, which is not coming, you know, way down the road, it's emerging now right in front of our face, day by day, second by second, this sweep, this tsunami of changes of man becoming a machine is happening all around us. And the globalist elite and the Luciferian elite, they want to exterminate like the Nazis did. Uh, But the goal is to exterminate 7 billion people because they are deluded and believe the world's too crowded. So they want to wipe out 7 billion people. They, They want to create artificial food shortages, artificial medical shortages. They want to create medical crisis after medical crisis that will kill millions and millions of people, starve them to death, and then they want to like massively reprogram the human race, beginning when kids are still in the womb. This is like the the super reprogramming, the super rebooting of the human race, The, the global reset on steroids. Now, in my books, book after book, so think of my book as a as a download of high-powered, cutting-edge knowledge that God wants you to have. So the way my work, books work, they go back in time, and they start with you know books like "Who Will Rule the Future: A Resistance to the New World Order," and then you know "Evangelizing the New Age." I'm not going to name every book, but just they're in succession. The truth of one. Is, is the foundation for the truth, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So it brings you on an accelerated learning curve where you have the opportunity to move. You have the opportunity to break free from your social engineering. And I'm, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. The reality is that these people play dirty in their genetic engineering. And they have specifically modified the DNA and genetics of countless numbers of people in America to dumb them down, to make them more stupid, so they can control them, but also so they can rule over them. And millions and millions of people in America and around the world don't know that secretly these mad scientists in their laboratories have have modified their DNA and they have reduced their intelligence and their IQ. So it's not that these people are lazy. It's not that they can't perform. It's not because one group has racial superiority. What's really happening is there's a hidden agenda, a top-seek, dark, dark hidden agenda, where, where selected individuals and groups that are important to the global reset are getting enhanced DNA, super-performing genetic codes, etc., etc. So they're artificially manipulating the outcomes of genetics and DNA, which was what Adolf Hitler and the Nazi, uh, uh, the Nazi eugenic scientists were all about. And so transhumanism is simply a word created by Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldous Huxley which says man can make themselves through science and technology. We can make ourselves into God-like beings. We can become gods through science and technology. 
and that's what they're about doing. Now, you can imagine, people with this mindset do not acknowledge God's existence, and the Bible says this specifically. They offer up to God no acknowledgement of his existence, and they, they don't give any thanksgiving to God. This is a very simple biblical preset, but very powerful. People who stop giving thanks to God, it seems like it's like, what what are you talking about? It's like no big thing. But the reality is it's a huge thing. There's a psychological and spiritual dynamic that takes place when any individual or family, a group of people or nation, when they stop giving thanks to God and they stop acknowledging God for the blessings they have. Once they embark on that road of action, they they create a distortion and a loss of spiritual power in their inner man and inner woman. And that's why God reminds us that we are to be always be thankful. There's something I've seen this work in my life hundreds of times. You probably have too. I'm weighed down by problems and concerns and anxieties or whatever. Maybe I'm having a stressful day or whatever. And somebody, a Christian that I know, will remind me to be thankful for God for what all the things that God has given me. And so first I just do it out of discipline. I begin to praise God out loud and thank God for his blessings. I name what those blessings are specifically. And after doing that for, for like four minutes, my whole perspective has changed. I'm not negative. I'm not complaining. It's like my blind eyes have been healed, and I can see the fact that, man, things could be a hundred times worse. The, the fact of the matter is I'm, God is blessing me. His goodness is all around me. And the, the, the thing that I can do to wake myself up out of this lethargic spiritual state, state is to simply acknowledge God's goodness and blessing by thanking him out loud. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you for your faithfulness and you're specific about what it is. Okay, that's a critical thing. And humanists and atheists do not give thanks, thanks to God because they don't believe God exists. It's like an iron wall in their hearts. Also, when you give thanks to God, you're saying verbally, and with an act of your will, you're saying to God, God, I know that you're my ultimate source, capital S. I know that behind all things, it's you, God, capital G, who are you're the one providing for me and protecting me and opening doors. So <laughs> giving God thanksgiving releases that in your life. And then finally, we have to understand that when you look at history, you look at science, you look at the history of revivals and great awakenings, it's not an accident. They're lying to you in, in the school systems. The reason America became the wealthiest, most powerful, richest, prosperous nation on planet Earth with the most opportunities for the most people 
the reason America became the home of the land of the American dream, and the reason America has given its citizens all these rights, like freedom of religion, freedom of press, things of that nature, all the blessings, all the safeguards that America has that we take for granted. The truth of the matter is, all of those things that I just named to you, and many, many more, are historical, documented evidence of the enormous blessings of God that have been poured out on America and poured out on the American people, even though we know before our holy God that we didn't deserve everything God gave us. God gave us far beyond what we deserve. And so God, in his goodness, has blessed us. And what happened was the Pilgrims and Puritans were heavy-duty students of the Word of God, especially Deuteronomy 28, the blessings and the curses chapter. And God just flat out says to his children, he says in Deuteronomy 28, if you worship me only as God, and if you do not worship idols, and you only worship me, the Lord says, then I will raise you up to be the heads of the land and not the tails, and I will prosper you. And in the first half of uh, Deuteronomy 28, it's just one magnificent blessing after another that God is pouring out on his people if they will simply only worship him and not worship idolatrous gods. And then the second part of this is Deuteronomy 28. God tells his people, that means me and you, that if we will be faithful to diligently obey all of his commandments, that means his laws, his decrees, his commandments, his rules, if we diligently will obey all of his commandments, um, then there's this long, long list of blessings that comes down upon us for, for obeying his commandments. And then in the second half of Deuteronomy 28, there's a long, long list of curses that come down upon his people for deliberately choosing to disobey his commandments. And so that's it right there in a nutshell. Our future is determined by what we do in response to the truth that I just shared to you. I believe that truth is the Word of God, and I believe it's, it's real. So your future, my future, our children's future, our nation's future, our collective future is all based or contingent upon whether or not we believe and obey Deuteronomy 28 and other pertinent Bible verses. Okay, the ball's in your court. We either obey God's Word, and we do God's Word, and we receive the blessing of God. And God does want to bless us because this we're in, we're in the last days. So you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And spread the links. Spread this program far and wide. Spread it all over planet Earth. Pray over 
the messages you send out, and together, let's win this world for Jesus Christ. Visit paulmcguire.us. Music